0: Think about the Christmas season. Uh, Travel is often uh, unusually difficult, different during Christmas. It's busy. It doesn't really matter what mode of travel you choose. You can expect it's going to take a little bit longer. People plan on that because it's just what we expect. It's going to be congested. Why is that? It's because people want to be together for Christmas. They want to be with friends, they want to be with families, and so they travel. They go to great lengths to be with other people, with their family, They make it a priority to gather for Christmas. And in doing so, they're willing to accept whatever difficulties that may bring. It doesn't mean they don't get aggravated in traffic or aggravated in a busy airport or with delays, but They expect it, and and for the most part, they accept it, because people want to come together for Christmas. And as we look this morning, we've been going, if you've been here through the month of December, you know we've been picking uh, different Christmas songs and, and asking, why do we sing that? Why do we sing that song? And as we look this morning, the last song that we're going to choose for this series is December and this year is coming to an end. We're going to look at the song we sang earlier, O Come All Ye Faithful. And I want us to consider that as Christians, we ought to make it our aim to come together for the purpose of praising and adoring Jesus Christ. That ought to be what we do. My hope is that as we go through this time, as we look to the Scriptures, that just as we've sung joyfully, we will look to the Scriptures joyfully, and we will believe joyfully, and we will celebrate the coming of Jesus with adoration in our hearts. We struggle with that. I struggle with that. There's so many things to compete with adoration for Jesus. I right, let them compete. Maybe you do as well. There's no competition there, right? Jesus is great and greatly to be praised. If we see Him, when we see Him, we will adore Him. And yet we let things compete with that. The song, O Come All Ye Faithful, speaks of coming to the Savior, speaks of anticipation, of longing to see Him and worship Him, to adore Him. This past Wednesday, Evening, people gathered here to worship Christ the King, Christmas Eve. To sing to Him, to express adoration for His coming. And as as Christians, we ought to desire that all year long. We ought not to categorize, right? We ought not to categorize our adoration of Jesus coming to earth. Just be who we are and what we do. And so in our time this morning, I want to look at the Scriptures And see how this is exactly what people do when they encounter Jesus. They adore him. We could go through his whole earthly life finding examples of this. But I just want to stick with five examples from his birth. And from each of those examples of how people encountered Jesus and adored him. From each of those examples we'll look at how we ought to do the same. And how we ought to worship him in similar ways. Ways. And so let me pray and then we'll go through these five points. Father, thank you for your grace. If we just repeated that over and over for the rest of our lives, we wouldn't and couldn't say it enough. You have lavished your grace upon us. We are unworthy servants. You're sinful, broken people. We've sinned against you, Lord. And in your mercy, in your grace, for the joy that was set before you, Jesus, you endured the cross. So please help us to understand that today. Help us to believe that today. Keep us from just nodding, affirming with our heads, but not with our hearts. Help us to worship you, Lord, through the word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, five that we see adoring Jesus at his birth. First, the angels adore him. We sing that, right? Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. The part of the song comes from that uh, proclamation that's made in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, where the angels fill the heavens and they proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Glory to God in the highest. The angels adore God. Jesus they burst forth proclaiming their adoration for Christ the Lord You wonder did they know this was coming and how this was coming uh, Peter tells us that the angels longed to look into the things of the gospel did they know did they know before the birth what and how this was going to take place. What are they thinking as these angels who have declared, proclaimed their adoration before God the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for all of their existence is what they were created to do. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory and now proclaiming. In the night sky. Glory to God in the highest. What are they thinking? A human? A baby? The Son of God? In human flesh? They adore Him. And they proclaim His praise. They proclaim their adoration for Christ. And we're called to do the same. We looked earlier at a part of a portion of Psalm 95. I want to read for you Psalm 95 verses 1 through 8. The psalmist writes this, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness. Come, the psalmist says, come. You consider this psalm in light of Jesus coming to earth. If he doesn't come, he's still worthy of this psalm. He's still worthy of us coming before him and singing to him and making joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. He's still worthy of all of that. But we're incapable. We're unable. We're uninvited. We're not able to come into his presence. But Jesus has come, and because he's come, we are able to come into the presence of God, and we are able to do these things. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation, to the Christ, to Jesus, as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who have beheld his glory. We ought to point to our Maker. Psalmist writes, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We're the sheep of His pasture. We ought to point to our Maker as we proclaim, like the angels, our adoration for Him. The angels adore Him and they proclaim. That's how they show their adoration for Jesus. They proclaim His greatness. And in the same way, as those who love Jesus, who adore Jesus, we are called to do the same. We're called to proclaim our adoration for the Lord. And we do that in different ways. We do that through singing. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. When we come together and we sing to him, we don't, just, we don't just sing when we're here, I hope. I hope our lives are filled with singing. My son, Sam, he's our middle child. I, I love that our home is just consistently, constantly filled with singing. Whatever he's doing, he's just singing, singing, singing worship songs, singing worship songs, singing worship songs. I, I love that. And I want that to be my own heart. No matter what I'm doing, let us sing to the Lord. A way that we proclaim our adoration for the Lord and to the Lord is by singing to Him. Whether we come together, which we ought to. And when we do come together, we ought to sing unto the Lord with joyful hearts, proclaiming His goodness, proclaiming our love for Him. But even as we scatter? Even as we go our separate ways, are we still singing? Are we still proclaiming our adoration for Jesus in song? We proclaim our adoration through singing. We also do it through thanksgiving. The psalmist writes, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. To ask ourselves, am I a thankful person? Am I a thankful person? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20: Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks. Always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is a reflection of the Spirit being in us. Are we thankful people? We proclaim our adoration for the Lord through thanksgiving. Just as the angels proclaim their thankfulness, their adoration to the Lord, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased, we proclaim that adoration through thankfulness. The psalmist goes on, the Lord is a great God. He's worthy. And a great king above all gods, in his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. I love this. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry ground. Oh, come, as you contemplate the truths about our God and who he is and what he has done. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. It's another way that we proclaim our adoration is through kneeling before him, praying, proclaiming in prayer and adoration, our adoration for the king. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he's our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We're just sheep. And yet he loved us and loves us So like the angels, we ought to proclaim our adoration. Angels adore Christ. Secondly, shepherds adore Him. Shepherds adore Christ. In Luke chapter 2, immediately after the angels' proclamation of their adoration for the Lord, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds, the recipients of this proclamation, said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And then verse Twenty And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The angels adore Christ by proclaiming his praise. The shepherds adore him by obeying, by obeying the Lord. And we also show adoration for Christ and worship him. As we obey, as they heard the message, they attribute it immediately to the Lord. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And in knowing this is the word of the Lord come to us, they immediately are responding with haste. Let's obey And in the same way we adore Christ as we obey Christ. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. To listen to him and to obey him is better than sacrifice to him of rams and sheep. Listen and obey. That's what the Lord desires, not just of these shepherds, but of us. That's why Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. Over and over and over again. But I don't want you to hear this the wrong way. We show adoration for Christ by obeying Him. We earn nothing. Christ has graced us with forgiveness. And it's because of that that we respond in obedience to Him. Showing our love for Him. Showing our adoration for Him. Luke 8, 20 and 21, he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Those are the ones who belong to me. Those are the ones who love me. Those are the ones who follow me. Those are the ones who adore me. Shepherds adore him by obeying him and Likewise, we show adoration for Christ and worship him as we obey. If we say that we adore Christ, but we don't obey, we're liars. No matter how loudly we sing when we gather together, if we're not obedient, Jesus is saying that we're like a a man who's building a house on sand, and at some point it's going to come crashing down. Angels adore Christ and shepherds adore Christ. And we see that wise men adore him as well. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the wise men have journeyed to see the Lord. They come to the king and they meet with him and then they're on their way to find the Christ. And in verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The wise men adored Christ. We see their adoration actually in two ways. And both are ways that we also can worship and adore Christ. They pursued Him. It tells us that they traveled to a distant country to find the Lord. They pursued Him. And in a similar way, those of us who have come to know Him and been saved by Him, are found in Him, Jesus says before he goes into heaven, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The end of Mark, Mark records it this way in in chapter 16, verse 5. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Paul writes in Romans 15, 20, and 21, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. The wise men traveled a great distance for the Lord. They went to a distant country, and and, and not all of us, Okay, I think we all would agree to this. Not everyone is called to go to distant lands to unreached people to proclaim the gospel out of adoration for Christ. But I would ask you, how do you know that you're not? So I was preparing the message this week on Friday. It's one of those weeks. But as I was preparing this, I had, this was not a part of what I was preparing, and I happened to look at my computer screen in the midst, and there was a tweet that came up from Burke Parsons from Ligonier Ministries, and it wrote, he wrote this on there, Are you still willing and ready to do whatever God calls you to do, or go wherever God calls you to go, or has comfort become your idol? The wise men travel to distant countries, and there are some, there may be some here who in the same way the Lord would call out of adoration for Christ to go to distant lands to proclaim his goodness and his greatness. But to all ask ourselves that question, do we adore him? Has comfort become our idol? The second way the wise men adore him, though, is they laid their treasure before the Lord. They opened up treasures and laid them before him. Romans 12, verses 1 through 3, says this I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what the will of God, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What a wonderful text. And in the same way as the wise men show their adoration for the Christ child, and they lay these treasures before him. We ought to to also show adoration to Christ our King by presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, as treasures before Him. The wise men laid down their treasures, and so often our greatest treasure and focus of worship is our own bodies. We tend to worship ourselves as the great treasure in our lives. Christ says, come and deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. We ought to let our lives be a treasure laid before the Lord. Wise men adore Him as they lay their treasures before Him, and we ought to do the same. Fourth, Simeon adored Christ. Again in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is presented at the temple He, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. That is such a wonderful scene in the scriptures with Jesus coming into the temple and Simeon, righteous and devout, filled with the Spirit, taking him up and proclaiming adoration for God over this child. And what does he say? I've seen the Christ. I've seen salvation. I can die in peace. He's satisfied. He's satisfied in the Christ and in the salvation that has come. He could say, I'm ready to die in peace. And isn't that true of those of us who adore him? We have seen your salvation, Lord. You've made us ready. Are we living that way? Are we living satisfied in the Lord, ready for his coming, ready? We can die in peace, Lord. We're ready to see you. We're ready to be with you. Acts 21, verse 3, and Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm ready, Paul says. Psalm 16, verses 1 and 2, I love this psalm. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. That's what trips us up, right? All of the things on this earth that we consider good along with Jesus. And we line them up. But the psalmist can say, I have no good apart from you. You have my heart. I've seen your salvation. I can die in peace. I'm satisfied with you, Lord. Matthew 13, 44, it's the picture of the the man who finds treasure in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Simeon adored Christ even as he was satisfied in the Lord and in seeing his salvation. And we ought to do the same. Lastly, fifth, Mary adored him. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. After the shepherds come and they tell of all these things that they've seen, wonder of wonders, these angels who've come and proclaimed their adoration and the glory of the Lord, they go and they tell this to Joseph and Mary as the child is there, In verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Certainly Mary adored Christ. She loved Him as her son. But we see in proclamations before that, in chapter 1, her song of praise. She adored Him as the Savior to come into the world. And we also, in the quiet of our hearts, show our adoration for Christ as we treasure and ponder the things of the Lord, the truths of the Lord, the Christ who has taken up residency in our hearts. this probably all of you know, we have five children, five boys. I can go back and remember each of those pregnancies, probably not as in great of detail as Shauna can, but... My remembrance is anticipation, waiting, thinking. What is he going to look like? What is he going to be like? What's it going to be like when I see his face? What's it going to be like when he appears? Expectation and anticipation to see your child. How much more? Like an expectant mother and father anxiously awaiting, as we ponder the truths of the gospel out of adoration, we long with hopeful anticipation to see His face. Are we pondering? Are we thinking? Are we treasuring these things in our hearts? We adore Him. We we show adoration for Christ as we ponder and meditate on the truths of the gospel, on who He is. Colossians 3.16, "...let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God." Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it remain in you richly. Let it be there. Ponder it. Meditate on it. Treasure up these things in your heart. Just as Mary did these truths. Treasure them up in your heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it remain in you. Let it wash over you and change you. So amazing in Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So I was praying this, this weekend about this very thing. Do I ponder... Do I treasure his word up in my heart as one who adores Jesus ought to do? Uh, so, so many times we're prone to doubt. Am I really saved? Does he really love me? As people were prone to those things. So often those times come into my heart When I'm not pondering the truth. When I'm not meditating on the truth. When I'm not being washed by the truth of the word of God. When I'm not immersed in it. When I'm not letting the word of Christ dwell richly within me. Doing the work that it is meant to do. It is living and it is active. It is truth that sanctifies my heart. Mary adored him as she pondered The truth treasured up those things in our heart. And likewise, those of us who say we adore Christ, we ought to be people who are treasuring God's word in our heart, pondering the truths of the gospel in our heart, meditating on those things day in and day out, day in and day out. The angels adore Christ. The shepherds adore Christ. The wise men adore adore Christ. Simeon adored Christ. Mary adored Christ. And those of us who know His salvation, have seen the salvation of the Lord, ought also to respond as they did in adoration. We sing that song, O oh, come all ye faithful, come and adore Him. Worship Him. Proclaim Him your adoration to Him. We're going to go into a time where we take the Lord's Supper together. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Him, and these words just sound strange, adoring a child who was born 2,000 years ago, adoring one who came to this earth. This child who came, as I said earlier, didn't stay a child He grew. He lived a perfect life. He suffered and died. He paid the penalty for sins on the cross. God's wrath was poured on him for the sake of those who would believe in him. And this same one who came perfect and holy and suffered as a transgressor on the cross said, if anyone believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Adoration for him. Spirit coming and filling us. And so I'd encourage you, even as we go into a time where we sing, the prayer room will be open. I would encourage you, go to the prayer room and talk to someone, pray with someone. Today, surrender your life to this Jesus who came, the Son of God. But as we go into a time where we take communion, one of the ways that we tie all of these things together week in and week out is by taking the Lord's Supper and adoration of Christ the Lord. You think through each of these ones that we've talked about, each of these points, the angels. We proclaim like the angels as we take the Lord's Supper. Paul says we proclaim His death until He comes. Like the shepherds, we obey. We obey as we do what Jesus told us to do. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, Do it in remembrance of me. Like the wise men, we lay our hearts, our lives, our treasure before the Lord, expecting to participate with Him, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. As we take the bread, as we take the cup, are we not participating, fellowshipping with the Lord? And as we come to take that together, we're laying our lives before Him in anticipation of that fellowship. Like Simeon, we show our satisfaction in the food that he has given to us, his body and his blood. And like Mary, we ponder and treasure these things in our hearts. As Jesus said, remember, ponder, think. Remember my body that was broken for you. Remember remember my blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And so... As we prepare, as we sing, let's do those things together. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's proclaim together our adoration for him. Let's obey him in doing this out of adoration for him. Let's lay our lives before him. Let's be satisfied with him. Let's ponder and treasure the truth of the gospel. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and thank you for your grace, Lord. We're so thankful that we can call you Lord. We're so thankful that you considered us, Lord. You didn't leave us without hope. You came to this earth. You humbled yourself. You made yourself nothing, Jesus, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. I pray for us, Lord, that we would truly adore you. That you'd help us, Lord. Help us to proclaim our adoration for you. Help us to be obedient because we adore you. Help us, Lord, like the wise men. To lay our lives before you, to lay our treasure before you. And for some, maybe laying their lives before you means to go to distant lands as they did for Christ. Help us to be like Simeon, who saw you, saw salvation, and was able to say, We are content, we're ready, Lord, to die in peace because of you. Lord, help us to be like Mary and ponder the truths of the gospel. Help us to hide your word in our heart, to meditate on your word. Treasure it in our hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, Lord, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.